0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Dick Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as Tweetcasting.tv and our various networks. We thank you for tuning in for today's program, and we ask that you keep us in prayer as we look at Daniel chapter 11, talking about God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord
1: Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity
0: to share your word, and we ask that you bless in your honor and glory in your precious name. Amen. And Lord, we do thank you for every opportunity that you give us, Father God, to be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for just the wonderful work That you are doing with Lamb and Lion Ministries, Father God, Nathan Jones, Dr. Reagan. And we pray that you bless our program. That every word that will come out of our mouth will be to edify and to build up and not to tear down. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's so great to have you back. Where did you go? Well, one of the
1: joys of technology is our connectivity, but without power, there's no
0: connectivity, and I see you set up a new little studio, right, in the hallway? There you go. You know, the good thing is, Nathan, that here in our studio, we have various locations, and uh, now we have a new, uh, smaller, more intimate location that we're transmitting from. (laughs) Well, praise the Lord for remote uh, broadcasting. You can. Uh, broadcast on the fly, right? Anywhere and everywhere? any That's why I'm going to visit you. We're going to do a program in Texas together. Amen, brother. I'm ready. That's right. Well, Nathan, uh, we're so excited because obviously God has something wonderful planned as we look at Daniel chapter 11, picking it up there in verses uh, uh, 12 and on, talking about the northern kingdom and southern kingdom and the warfare that is going on in the heavenly places and in our first program, As soon as we launched it, Nathan, the enemy came at work and and, uh, just cut the power, but hey, we're not going to give up that easy, right? Not at
1: all. We are determined to
0: teach the gospel. And, And you know, Nathan, that's why I'm so excited because we know that there's a warfare. Ephesians 6 tells us that there's a battle in the heavens. And as we look at Daniel chapter 11, as we're talking about the return of the kings, we see also these kingdoms at war. But behind it, there are strings attached as uh, we see this vision in the book of Daniel. And that's what you've been taking us through, Nathan, in this incredible journey. And last week, uh, you were sharing with us there about the North Kingdom and the South Kingdom. Alexander the great and uh, just a lot of incredible things in the book of Daniel, chapter 11. But Nate, I was going to ask you, maybe you can recap for us briefly some of the things that we touched on last week there as we looked at verses uh, 12 and 13 and on. Well, to
1: go with our theme, the angels of uh, Daniel, or the mighty angels of Daniel, an angel is responding to Daniel's uh, prayers for guidance about the future, and God sends him, and he's delayed uh, because of spiritual warfare But he finally shows up. And what he does is he gives Daniel a prophecy of the next few hundred years after Daniel. So Daniel's living right at this point at the time of Darius the Mede, so that puts him during the beginning of the Medo-Persian Empire. And what the angel's going to do is he's going to give him the future of the empire after the Medo-Persian Empire, which is the Greek Empire. Right. Alexander the Great, he once through the Middle East, he defeated everybody possible, but then he ended up dying at a young age, and he divided his kingdom amongst four of his generals. The two that affected Israel the most was the Seleucids up in the north of Syria, and then the Ptolemies down in Egypt. And as we go through Daniel 11, verse by verse the angel provides amazingly detailed prophecies of the warfare that went on between the Seleucid in the north and the Ptolemies in the south, with Israel caught in the middle.
0: That is so true. And you know, Nathan, and, and we find that these are the battles that are waging against God's people, and we know that even in the future there's going to be other intense battles, and again, Israel is going to be right there in the midst, in the middle of, of it. But, uh, Nathan, also maybe for people that have maybe just tuned in, they're new to Bible prophecy and they don't recognize that here we're also talking about historic periods when all these events are happening, right? When these visions are given to Daniel and uh, each empire and each kingdom is representative of a time period. It is, exactly. uh, What uh, Daniel is given by the angel here is what's called
1: the intertestamental period. It's the time period between the book of Malachi in the Old Testament and Matthew in the New Testament. Uh, another name is given is the 400 years of silence. In other words, God did not visit Israel uh, with any prophets or priests uh, outside of the temple with no new prophetic messages whatsoever. So what Daniel is given here in Daniel 11 is actually what God leads the Jewish people for a whopping 400 years. And again, it goes between this intertestamental period, about 400 B.C., till the time of
2: Jesus and New Testament.
0: Woo, that is fantastic. So, yeah, Nathan, I know you recap for us verses 12 and 13, but we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 14. Will you be able to take us from there on, Nathan, on this incredible journey? Okay. Well, up to this point,
1: the Ptolemies in the south and the Seleucids in the north are duking it back and forth and back <laughs> and forth. And Israel's caught in the middle, so it, don't feel like you've been left behind. Uh, right. Basically, you know, that's the ping-pong-ball warfare going on, and it's still going on when we pick up in verse 14. Verse 14 reads, Now in those times many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment them of the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and build a siege mount and take a fortified city, and the forces of the south shall not withstand this. Even his choice troops shall have no strength to resist. But he who comes against him shall do according to his own will, and no one shall stand against him. He shall stand in the glorious lands with destruction in his power.
0: Whoo, that is powerful right there. And uh, Nathan, we, we uh, were looking at this and describe for us, again, who exactly is this talking about? Who are these kings that are involved here?
1: Well, by this point, we are around about 200 BC. And with the Jewish people caught in the middle, so were their loyalties. Did they pay loyalty to the Ptolemies in the south or to the Seleucids in the north? Well, the violent men that verse 14 is referencing are the Jewish people that break the covenant with the south mm. and join the north. What they want is they want Judea freed, and that's what's promised them, is that if the Israel would join the north, then the Judea would be freed. Now, of course, uh, they were all owned by the Greeks anyway, so there was no real right. freedom to be, to be granted. And at this stage, uh, as the power shifts between north and south and back again, the north wins, and the king that it's talking about here is a man named Antiochus the Great. And there he stands in Israel as head of the Seleucid army, and uh, he wins. Now, Antiochus, he called the greater, the third, Antiochus III, he was welcomed by the Jews as a liberator. They, the Jewish people wanted to be free from Egypt's or the mm-hmm. Ptolemies' control. The problem is that it came at a price. And Antiochus, when he came in, insisted that the Jewish people adopt what's called Hellenization. It's right. a Greek lifestyle. In other words, don't be Jewish anymore, don't follow the, the Mosaic Law, don't follow the Torah, don't uh, abstain from certain foods, be pure, be representatives of God. Uh, they said, basically, you must become pagans like us in order to be liberated. And it is a process called Hellenization. Now, the rich people, the nobility of the Jews at that time, gladly accept Hellenization. And this would be the beginning of a group of people that you will read in the New Testament called the Sadducees.
0: Excellent excellent background there Nathan and of course we see that a uh, uh, month much, much of what we're talking about transcends through history uh, Through other time periods and we see again these kingdoms rising and these kingdoms falling and uh, Here this is exactly what Daniel has been shown Events that are going to catapult even past our time and into the future Exactly
1: uh, you're getting a little ahead of yourself brother but, uh, yeah, we, we are right now in the middle of
2: the intertestinal time period, but the angels, by the time we get done with Daniel 11, will skip way into our future at the time of the Antichrist. Well, and we're I, not did,
0: quite there yet. I did that to you last week, didn't I? I moved ahead.
1: You're so excited, man. I you can't wait to get to our future, but we had to do a little. Did you not like history when you were
0: in school? <laughs> That's exactly what it is, Nathan. And I need to slow down and let you lead here because I keep jumping ahead. That's why you're leading today. You know that. Oh, no, no, no.
1: That, that's fine. It is exciting because Daniel was given a prophecy that by the time he's done it, it's going to wipe him out. It's just so intense. I mean, think about it. I mean, what if an angel came to you and said, all right, in the next 400 years, this is exactly what's going to happen to the United States of America. This is going to be the result of your people and then skips like a thousand years or so beyond and that, It gives you the, the last battle, say the second Gog and the got battle. I mean, it would blow our minds. And that's what's happening to Daniel now. He's been given, it's, it's almost like trying to fill a gallon into a tiny little symbol. Right. There's, he's
2: given the angels, it's pouring too much prophecy into Daniel, and it's overwhelming him, But uh, and we'll find out that later in the chapter. You
0: know, Nathan, and, and I love that because we also noticed the, uh, the the types of individuals that are that are running uh, in other words, the, the political agenda in that time. And that's what I love because in these next few verses, it gives us a little bit of a description of their personalities and, and also how they are. So yeah, and they continue to take us through. That is awesome. Well, verse 17 is, is the next event. It says, He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones. And with him thus shall he do. He shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it, but she shall not stand with him or be him. Now that sounds a little confusing until you apply it to the historical event. Then it's like, ah, it makes sense. Right. What happens is, is Antiochus the Third the Great is going to give his daughter, a very famous daughter by the name of Cleopatra.
1: Now, this isn't to be the Cleopatra with Mark Antony and the Romans years later. There was quite a number of generations of Cleopatras. This is the first Cleopatra, right. and the daughter of Antiochus here is Cleopatra, and she was married off to the king of the south as a good sign of faith, but she was supposed to actually be a spy. and she's supposed to spy on the south and report back to her father in the north. Unfortunately, Cleopatra sides with her husband down in the south, and she instead becomes a double agent for her own husband, the king of the south. So, and man, you're talking about political intrigue. There's a lot of political intrigue going on here. And it's sad to me think about that the Greek Empire as much as we see it as a cradle for Western
2: civilization, the yes. four parts were continuously fighting, continuously battling,
0: and there was no real cohesion to the Greek Empire. That's a very good point, and well, Nathan, that's how that's how it's been throughout history: is power for position. Uh, some believe that that's possibly why Solomon had taken so many wives, and it wasn't so much the wives; it was those the the, the people behind uh, that he was also influencing. And uh, in a sense, acquiring their influence and their powers through these daughters or these women's actually wives, in other words, that he was he was taking. So I totally understand what you're taking us, you know?
1: Wow, people wondered how the world can Solomon has uh, 300 wives, 700 concubines, or, or is that the reverse? 700 wives, 300 concubines, but 1,000 women. And what would happen is, is that <coughs> for Solomon to make peace treaties with all the neighboring countries yeah. around them, they would give their daughters as uh, bonds. In other words, if you're related exactly. to the, your enemy country, then you've got peace in the land. Unfortunately, these women were were basically sacrifices to be married off to these other countries. And when Solomon would get his entourage of women showing up, he would marry the, the princess, would become the wife, but all her handmaidens would become his concubines. Exactly. So, Every time he's making a peace treaty, he's getting a new wife, he's getting... more Right. Sons, and, you know, 10 maybe women at a shot, and it's unbelievable to think of, and it's unbiblical. The Lord said that the Jewish kings were never supposed to increase in wealth in the way of horses, in the way of gold, in the way of wives, and Solomon broke all three of those.
0: See, and that's why we hope that anyone watching and listening can also get a little bit of a glimpse how things really operated uh, back in those days, and this is this... Uh, Dynasty drama that you are unfolding for us, Nathan. It's what we see here. <laughs> That's
1: a great reference. Very much like a soap opera, like Dynasty, isn't
0: it? Absolutely. No, this is exciting. And then also, um, as we continue to see further, we see these kings again, more powerful, more wicked. And again, their agenda uh, is, is destroying God's people.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know if it's actually destroying them, but using them. They want.
2: Uh, of course the people of Israel Israel again isn't its own autonomous country once they were exiled they were never again allowed to be their own country we'll briefly get to a point in time where they they had a brief independence but uh,
1: overall just as God promised that as long as the Jewish people continue to rebel against them he would take the the use of the land and their authority over the land away now the covenant God made with Israel is eternal Israel will always have the land stretching from the Nile to the Euphrates That, that is a given but their use of the land was tentative
2: based on their obedience to God, and they were just yes. disobedient to God. So it was their own ancestors'
1: fault sin, sin, the constant rebellion against God's authority, that have got Israel in this position right now, and then they are battered back and forth, back and forth between the King of the North and the
0: King of the South. Excellent point, that, and that's true Nathan, and that's what, what we see this, I mean, it's just an, an incredible amount of information, and, like, you, you, you were honest enough to say, this is a challenging passage, right? So...
1: <laughs> yes,
0: this is a very challenging... I mean, you have to go to the historical documentation,
1: you have to go to the archaeological priests, uh, you have to go to scholars like John MacArthur and the uh, Urbans and other sources to, to
2: see the history that actually fulfills these prophecies. But once you do, once you realize how detailed these prophecies were, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. I think the Bible prophecy truly is the Word of God. And so many people, especially liberal theologians, have tried to say, well, Daniel was written around 200 BC. It had to be way after. Right. uh, Because no way that his
0: prophecies were true. But again, it's been very proven uh, that Daniel was written well ahead of these prophecies. And archaeological proofs, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the SMEs, they all bear proof to the fact that Daniel was written in Daniel's time. That's right. Which was in the 500 BC. Excellent point, Nathan. And that's why more and more we find. uh, archaeology and so many artifacts to back up and, and prove the Bible. I mean, they're constantly digging things up, and then now historians and other people are going, oh, so maybe there is something to this. <laughs>
1: there is, there is. Now, when we get to verse 18 and 19, we're, we're about to see, finally, the entrance of Rome into history. Now, remember, Daniel was given a prophecy, oh, I should say Nebuchadnezzar was given a prophecy, and Daniel interpreted it as a dream. Right of four successive empires, with Babylon being the head of gold, then we have the following of Neo persian Empire, which is the time that Daniel is living in. That's the chest of silver, then it gets the thighs of bronze, and that is the, the Greek Empire which we're at here in the prophecy. But then the legs of iron. that is the Roman Empire. in verse 18 and 19, we finally have the introduction of the Roman Empire. And it reads, then he, this is tax III will turn his attention to the coastlands and will take many of them. But a commander will put an end to his influence and will turn his influence back upon him. And after this, he will turn back toward the fortress of his own country, but will stumble and fall and seek no war. Now, Antiochus was feeling good about his victory. And so he decided to turn towards Greece and try to fight Rome. At this time, the Greek Empire, of course, was a major empire, but Rome was growing steadily in this time
2: period. And Antiochus thought he could take on Rome. And this is not the Rome that we know of as the mighty empire, but a growing, buddy empire. And he thinks he could beat him, but no one beat
1: Rome at that time, and he's routed by the Roman Empire. So Antiochus turns back home, goes back to Syria, and he plunders his own temple of Jupiter. Uh, he needs to pay taxes, he needs to pay retribution to Rome right. for their defeat. So he goes back home and he tries to take the money out of the treasury. Well, his people didn't like him very much, <laughs> and they got angry, and he was killed on the spot. And so in from of it, he stumbled and fallen to see no more. Tiger III was killed for trying
0: to take money to pay the Romans off out of his own temple. Man, uh, again, Nathan, this is, this, uh, and I, I could definitely understand going back to your people and try to take all their wealth, you know, so it's, uh, so, and, and, you know, it, it paints us a, bit, a nice picture because oftentimes People don't see how these kingdoms transition. And that's why we title, again, our message, "Kings: uh, Return of the Kings, because this is dealing with these different empires uh, coming into place. And then the Roman Empire became the world-dominating next uh, power uh, all the way until the time of Jesus. It did. And it's interesting when you read the prophecy or the vision that was given Nebuchadnezzar, the Roman Empire extends to the feet of iron and clay with ten toes, with so ten kings, which is actually an end-time vision of the tribulation time period, where right. the entire planet will be divided
1: into ten kingdoms, and they will give their power to one of the kings, which will be the one-world ruler, the Antichrist. And uh, so there is a continuation of the Roman Empire right into the end times. That yeah. Europe and the Middle East may have broken up into different realms and different areas. But the Holy Roman Empire, led by the
0: Pope, continued the Roman Empire
1: even up until today. So the Roman Empire, has, in its influence
0: over the Middle East, has never ended. Mm. You know, Nathan, and now we were able to get ahead of ourselves a little bit, right? Because it's talking into the future. <laughs> Uh-oh, I fell into the same trap, didn't I? No, no, actually, you didn't fall too much into it, because I went way into the future, into Revelation. <laughs> but well, I
1: want folks to understand how this, how this all relates, because, again... I, Daniel 11 is one of the most amazing chapters of the yeah. Bible. details that it gives, and all the different players, and how Israel stuck in the middle. And you know what is really stuck in the middle is Israel's soul, the soul of Israel. Will the people stand for God, or will the people turn pagan like their neighbors around them? Which was a constant battle for the Israelites throughout their kingdom. Yes. It's a constant battle, brother, for you and me, as we live as Christians in a pagan world. Do we become more paganized in order to be accepted? And this is what was happening to the Jewish people. They were becoming Hellenized. Mm. They were becoming Greek paganized in the process of being torn apart between these battles, between
0: the north and the south. Yeah, you know, and that's a good point because Nathan, when you and I opened the introduction to Daniel chapter 1, we talked about the type of person that Daniel was and the way that the culture uh, that he was in uh, was trying to influence. But yet, at a young age, he didn't give in, but we find the rest of the people, right, caving in. It is true, and it ends up becoming a huge problem for Israel, but we're getting up to the point in history where we're going to see the Jewish people take a stand for as we see these various kingdoms rising uh, to power. So thank you, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan, please continue to take us through these very exciting passages. Well, starting with verse 20,
1: and just verse 20, his successor will send out a tax collector to maintain the royal splendor. In a few years, however, he will be destroyed, yet not in anger or in battle. Now, Rome demanded, as they won obviously the battle with Antiochus, they demanded that Syria turn around and pay them 100,000 talents. Uh, This is an incredible amount of money periodically. So, okay, you can exist, Greek Empire, but you have to pay us tribute. And so the taxes in the Syrian area and, and all of the Greek Empire had to be raised to pay off the Romans. Think of it, kind of—you know—you make fun of Italian mafiosos. This is the beginning of the Italian mafia. Right. Rome's <laughs> out of Italy. Say, hey, uh, you can exist, but you have to pay me. You know, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they enforced the, the Greek Empire to pay them tribute in order to exist. Now, of course, eventually Rome will come back and, and annihilate all of this and set up their own kingdom. But that's where they're at in history.
0: That is excellent. And Mafia has been around forever, right Nathan? There's always those that get, get paid on the side to get what they want. It's protection money. It's racket money. And, and the Romans were, were mafioso to begin with, it was I know. <laughs> and in and, and, and modern-day translation, that's why people talk about the IRS and the city officials, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. It'd be like a modern equivalent of China conquering us, but allowing us to live in our land and keep our country as long as we pay them ransom money, basically
2: protection money. And right. What's happening. The Greek, we're speaking to see the Greek Empire because of its internal divisions, uh, because of the infighting amongst its four different regions, that eventually they're too weak to withstand the Roman
0: Empire as it grows and starts conquering all the land around them. Absolutely. And Nathan, we're not, um, we're not advocating that people don't pay their taxes or their fair share, but we weren't talking about fair share here. <laughs> we're not. We're not talking about your regular
1: money. We're talking about, you know, you earn back in that time period, you know, $10 a day and Rome wants eight of it. Right. And that's the problem. And that's what happened to Antiochus. I mean, he had to go back home. He's, he's like, I got to make this payment or, or the Romans
0: are going to destroy it. And he goes and plunders his own temple. That'd be like Congress to pay off, say, if China conquered us, to go in and take all of our Social Security money out and send yeah. it over to China. And that's what happened to Antiochus. The people wouldn't have anything of it. So they ended up killing him. Excellent point, excellent point, Nathan. That is a wonderful commentary there on verse 20, and that, that is super cool. And then the excitement continues, right, Nate, as you take us through verse 21 and on. Well, verse 21 starts a whole new chapter. I don't know about you, but it's really
1: detailed. We might want to, to get into it next time. But it's going to introduce a character that even to this day the Jewish people talk about, and that's Antiochus
0: Fourth Epiphanes a precursor, a type of the
2: Antichrist.
0: Yeah. Well, no, that's a, that's a very good point, Nathan, because that's going to drive us into a, a more in-depth study. And that's why what we would like to do, though, is encourage those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, this will be a great opportunity to take advantage of a lot of the resources that Nathan Jones was sharing with us in terms of these commentaries, uh, and, and just a lot of wonderful resources to build your libraries in the book of Daniel and also in the book of Revelation. Because we oftentimes say that these two books really uh, go together uh, hand in hand. But you know what Nathan also, you know, one of the things that you and I often do is we, we try to encourage the listeners and those that are watching that the reason why we do these programs is so that hopefully they can draw closer to the Lord so they can see history is his story talking about Jesus and the plan that he has for individuals' lives. And for those of you watching and listening, the idea is that if you don't know the Lord, we pray that these programs will get you curious enough or informed enough to know that there is a real God and you need to have a real relationship with Him because He is coming uh, very soon. And and Nathan, uh, I just wanted to, of course, give you an opportunity as you are an evangelist to maybe share with that person watching or listening that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe how they can come to know the Lord even right now. Well,
1: I've reiterated it again and said this twice, but again, it's so important. The prophecies in Daniel being fulfilled hundreds of years after they were given to Daniel in such detail is yet another of the so many proofs that the Bible is the Word of God. You can trust the Bible to tell you who God is and what His Son Jesus Christ did by dying on the cross for your sins. And then when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you ask for repentance of your sins, when you pray in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. That Jesus Christ will have taken your sins upon himself. The punishment for you is on him. Hmm. You are free of
2: that sin. You're free of that punishment. You're free of that guilt. And you can then get a new life
0: walking in a relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And listen, for those of you that are watching and and listening, if you trust in Christ, even now, maybe, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 305-992-9537 is our number. You can text in or call in. Uh, and let us know. We'd love to give you more resources on how you can grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're very excited for what God is going to do uh, in your lives. And of course, Nathan, before we, we, we finish the first segment of uh, this segment of the program, I wanted to uh, ask you, Nathan, if you would just share briefly again a little bit about Lamb and Lion ministry, how people can get a hold of you, and also your resources. Maybe someone watching or listening will, will grab hold of these and grow in their faith. Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to
1: proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. It was founded by Dr. David Ragan, who is our senior evangelist. And folks can check us out. Our website is lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. There, folks can watch our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is broadcast all over the world. Uh, you can get all read all sorts of articles, sign up for our newsletter, letter, uh, join our social network groups, check out our daily blogs. We've got so many resources. We want to teach you about the wonder that it is.
0: God's prophetic word. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. So yeah, we want to encourage those who are watching, listen man, grab a hold of these wonderful things the wonderful conferences, also information there that is going to be taking place by Lamb and Lion. Uh, And uh, one of those I'm looking forward to because it's going to be in the Miami area, right Nathan? So I'm going to see you guys hopefully soon. I'm looking forward to coming brother. One of the things
1: we do is that Dr. Reagan, myself and other evangelists on staff, the three of us travel all over the country
2: wherever we're invited and just teaching the Bible and if your church or Bible study or or
1: conference is interested in having us come then uh, give us a contact through landline.com and we can
0: talk about it and see what we can schedule Praise the Lord Thank you so much Nathan Jones Nathan thank you so much for being part of our program It's always so much fun having you on the program It's a great pleasure brother Thanks for having me on Oh, thank you. And I pray you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you, Nathan. And we also want to thank those of you that are tuned in, watching, and listening. We thank you, for again, for your time in uh, being a part of our programs. And we also want to encourage you to, uh, hey, reach out to us if you're in need of prayer. And uh, we would love to do so, give you more information. And also, thank you for tuning in uh, to our program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Vic Patissa, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. Have a great day. And
2: uh, we'll see you soon. Keep Look it up because Jesus is coming very soon. God bless you all.